What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have the author, motivational speaker, and CEO of Worthy of Love Counseling and Coaching, Abigail Brooks. How you doing, lady? Hi, Lillian. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being on the show. I don't think I even told you that I did that, that I put a yeah. review on Amazon. Okay, I really I did. It. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed your book. I was surprised. I mean, not surprised that I was going to enjoy it, but I was surprised that it was, you know, some books are Christian based and they could be so Christian that the average person can't really get into it or read it or feel like can get information from it. I really feel like your book can do that for anybody that will pick it up and read it. So, you know, kudos to you. Kudos to you you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I really review. (laughs) Look, it was all bad, girl. (laughs) Gave me one and a half stars. I really, really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend it. So we're not going to get into the book yet. Y'all might have to hold on because I want y'all to know about the author herself. I want to know when you was growing up, who was your biggest influence? So my biggest influence uh, was my mother. And I um, talked about that, you know, in my book, when I look at Um, the example that she set before me and my siblings and um, how she presented herself, you know, as a wife and as a mother, I really admired her. And up until my father passed away, she really did a lot to take care of him when he got sick. So that's as a, as a young wife and as a a mother, that's admirable to me. What was the, one of the um, things that you noticed the most during that time when your dad was going through his ailments, what was the things that you noticed the most from your mom? I noticed that my mom had to step up. And when I mean by stepping up, her and my dad came from an era where there was more traditional roles, where my dad worked outside of the home. My mom, she was a homemaker, so she took care of my siblings and I. And so she really didn't get involved with the finances or the anything outside of the home. So when my dad got sick, then she had to step up and learn those things that she kind of had taken a back seat. Uh, of over those years that they were married. And so that, you know, it, for her to step up and take that control while caring for my dad was really showed that she was really in it for her vows, you know, through sickness and through health, through, you know, to death do us part. Now, I know that a lot of times, like the wife, sometimes, I'm not going to say it all the time, sometimes the wife can take out their frustrations on the family. Did you see that from your mother at all or, or no? No. And by, by the time that my father got sick, uh, we were out of the house. But okay. um, so we were all grown and out of the house and living our lives. But even with speaking, you know, to her, there was no type of, you know, of course, frustration with caring for my dad, those difficult times. And I, you know, hope I wouldn't have to experience 
you know, being a caretaker to anybody, but the usual frustrations, but as far as like taking anything out on anybody, um, I, I didn't recall her doing that. Now, what made you decide to be an author? When did you feel that, that urge, that itch, that writing itch? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was the publisher that published my book actually reached out to me via Facebook Messenger and told me, she was like, hey, I love what you're doing. I think you're, you know, you're doing good work. I believe in your mission. Have you thought about writing a book? So the opportunity presented itself to me because before that I had no desire to, to write a book, didn't really think about it. But when she approached me about thinking about it and explained to me more about how a book could really, you know, help me, I decided to, okay, well, I have a lot to say. I have a lot of wisdom and experience to share, you know, with single Christian women that want to get married. I've been there before. Then I decided to take her up on her offer and, and, you know, start writing the book. So it was actually her, the publisher reached out to me first about my work. Now, did you instantly know at that time when she said, hey, you want to write a book? I know exactly what I'm going to write about. Or did you have to like sit back and think about it? I had to sit back and think about it. Like I knew what the book would be geared towards, but sitting back and really organizing my thoughts to me was the hardest thing for me. So really organizing it, making sure I put in there what I felt was important that would be helpful to women. Because I mean, when you're talking about relationships, you know, there's so much that you can talk about, right? So right. really... um. I had to really sit back and organize my thoughts about what would be important and what would move this single woman from being single to being closer to where she wants to be in this marriage. Mm -hmm. Now let's get into the, the nitty gritty of it all. What let's talk about your book itself and what, and what is the title of your book? So the title of my book is From Dating to I Do, A Christian Woman's Guide to Praying, Planning, and Preparing for Her Future Husband. Okay, so what made you come up? How did you come up with the title? So I had several titles in mind. Like one of them was from um, uh, Mrs. to Miss or, or Miss to Mrs. So I have a Facebook group. And I actually did a poll in my Facebook group to those ladies and gave them three options of which one they liked better. And that one actually won from dating to I do. Oh, okay. There was a part in your book when you were talking about how a woman should spend her time when she's single. Um, I want you to expound on that a little bit. Because that that part of the book really was like revelation to me. Yeah, I'm married. I'm married now, but <laughs> <laughs> but I know, you know, eighty five percent. And I know I was I, I used to say eighty, but I'm gonna pump it up now. Eighty five percent of the women in church are single. Yeah, and I will say half of that number. No, I won't say half. Maybe a third of that number are not happy. They're miserable because they're they're not married. Mm -hmm. So how would you, what advice would you give them to how to spend their single 
singleness, their single phase in life? Okay. So that's a, that's a good question. And I do, I do talk about two things as far as, you know, especially Christian single women and how they should um, focus, what they should focus on in their single lives. One is to continue to take action, right? So when I say taking action, continue to put yourself out there, continue to go out on dates, make yourself friendly, you know, um, participate in, I know we're in COVID now, but participate in social distancing events, doing online dating, and you know, if you can. So continue to put yourself out there um, in order to meet that person is number one. And number two, while you're doing that, what are your, what is, what is God calling you to do? What is your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know why you're still single? Because sometimes God won't move you to the next season until you've completed the work that you need to do in the current season that you're in. So you really need to, I encourage the single women to, if you don't know what your purpose is, if you don't know why God still has you in this season, really pray about it, seek wisdom, discern about it and ask him, what is it that you will have me to do? What is it that you want me to learn from this season? And I'm trying my best not to give away too much of your book because <laughs> you threw in so many good gems in there. Because um, there was a part in there, sorry, but there was a part in there where you talk about how how a lot of women feel like God is punishing them for being single and and, and they're not married and they're, while they're waiting for the right one. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that they feel like this is a punishment in their single state versus, as you said, a time for them to to grow and to prepare themselves? Why do you think that is? Because when we want something so bad and our prayers are not getting answered, it could feel like a punishment because mm -hmm. you've been praying for it. You believe that you're ready. Like, Lord, I'm ready. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Why isn't he here? Why am I not married? And also comparison. So I see so-and-so getting married. I see so-and-so getting married. They scrolling on Instagram and Facebook, looking at all these happy couples being married and they're questioning God, you know, why isn't it me? Why am mm -hmm. I not the one that's married? you know, what's going on with me, then there becomes that self-doubt and that insecurity. And so it does, they, it does feel like punishment because their prayers are going unanswered. And so, um, instead of, you know, and, and, and it's hard, right? Cause they're not even being, um, single, but I'm sure Lillian in your current season and myself, there are things that we've prayed for and mm. haven't, seeing God move and we're saying, well, is this punishment, Lord? Like, what is it? So it's really important for us to sit back and kind of slow down and really listen to what God is trying to tell us and not look at it as punishment. Amen. Because <laughs> we we want it right now. Yes. I know, I know we yes. all like to sing, he's an on-time God and he's a right yes. now God, but we yeah. like, but but we want on time to be our time. And That's we want right. and you know, 
And they always, you know, that song, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. No, I need him come when I want him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 that's a challenge. That faith. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is, yeah. it is, it, it's definitely, you know, a challenge. And so, um, you grow weary. I know there's throughout the book of Psalms, King David has grown weary, being mm -hmm. tired of being chased by his enemies, asking God, when, when is he going to rescue him? When are you going to save me? So I think that we've all been there. Like, Lord, like, when is this time going to come for me? You know, are you punishing mm -hmm. me? And why are you punishing me? So it's that, that season of weariness creeps up. Right. So we have a question. Um, why is being single deemed as a bad thing by married people? I'm dating, but I'm still single. I'm choosing to wait. I'm gonna let you answer that. I'll I'll chime in, chime in rather. Okay. So I don't I haven't personally seen married people deem single people. I've seen um singles deem themselves as being single as a negative thing. Um, so that's, so that's exactly what I'm, what I'm seeing. And as far as dating, that's good that, you know, you put, you're putting yourself out there. I always, you know, talk about, I believe in my book, but also in my Facebook group, I talk about what it means to actively wait on God. So actively waiting on God means you're putting yourself out there, you're dating, you're meeting people, you're showing yourself friendly, you know, you're, you're, you're showing that you're available and this is what you want versus passively waiting on God. You're just praying and not really taking action. You're not uh, activating your faith is what I call it. You know, faith mm -hmm. without works is dead. So it's important that your actions activate your faith. So I think that's great that you're dating. Um, you know, and also when I hear dating and waiting, I'm not sure what that means. Are you saying that you're waiting, you're dating, but the right person hasn't came along or are you dating just to, you know, be, be dating? So I just need some clarity around that. Okay. And while he's clarifying that, I'm going to say, I think it's a generation. Now, depending on the generation, I know the older people mm -hmm. used to pressure you about getting married. You need to get married before you get too old, especially with women. Well, no, they did that to men too. You need to settle down to get married. I know the older generation used to do that, but I think yeah. our generation was not so are not so much pressuring people to get married. If anything, we're more like, you know, fouling out who you are, live life, experience some things, and then, you know, take your time and once you to find out who you are, once you figure out who you are, then you'll know what you want. Mm -hmm. That's the best way, I think. And again, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. But um he said, mm -hmm. I'm waiting for the right one. Yeah. And I, yeah. And that's what you should do. You yeah. should wait for the right one. Yeah. Don't be picky. Be as picky as you want to be. <laughs> be just as picky as you are when you go to the grocery store picking fruit. You don't, pick, <laughs> you don't pick a bad apple. You find the best looking apple that's in the bunch. So that's why I don't trust those little Walmart uh shopping for me things i don't know what you're gonna pick for me right. no 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 sir no ma'am 
Because <laughs> you might be having a bad day and just grab a bunch of bananas right, and then be, right. be all dark and dingy, you know? <laughs> no, I don't want that one. <laughs> hey, sis, how you doing? <laughs> but um, also, let me know if I'm saying too much of your book. Oh, no, go ahead. No, okay, perfect. I told you I love your book. Okay. <laughs> Another part that you were talking about was um, uh, lack of confidence is a jerk magnet, baby. When I tell you, I almost threw my phone across the room when you when you when I heard that part, because I know for a fact that women can do one or two things, have such so self esteem that they'll settle for anything. Or has so much self, low self esteem that nothing comes to them. It, it, it goes either way. And so they're either thirsty, that's the truth, or they're just mean and bitter and mad at the world about it. Yes. And they these men, energy doesn't lie. Yes. Yep. And mm-hmm. they pick up on it. So when you yeah. said that, I was like, listen, yeah. if you here when I was when that part came up <laughs> and I had a church fan it would have got thrown at you <laughs> <laughs> so I want I want you to expound on that too because that was that was it for me I almost turned the phone off but that was it for me <laughs> yeah it, it's it's true it's like you said energy plays a huge role in the person that you attract, right? So if you're attracting, if you're putting out there low confidence, your insecurities, that low self-esteem, men are hunters. They're naturally born hunters, okay? That's innately, that's how God made them. That's just how God made them while women were more emotional. So when a man can sense that, and they joke about it. I've I've seen it in movies. They joke about it. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I know her. I know I can get with her because she got daddy issues or because yeah. she has low self-esteem. And so when you put that out there, then that's what you're going to attract. You're going to attract those, those jerks. You're going to attract those men that don't want to commit me. You're going to attract those cheaters or, or anybody else that you don't want in a husband. So until you set your confidence in Christ until you know who you are in Christ, then that's when those things are going to change. Not saying that you're going to have men that's not going to try you because you're going to have people that's going to try you, but you're also going to see um, the level go up as far as the type of men that you actually attract that will be marriage worthy. Mm -hmm. And then the men that will try you, they will find out real quick. That's right. That's that right. They need to go try it somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this ain't that. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> We're gone with that foolishness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. Can I say one more thing from your book? And then I'm going to Oh, start. yeah. Uh huh. When you were talking about how, and this happened to me. Mm-hmm. How people used to tell you all the time that you don't smile enough. Yes. That you always look mean, even though I can tell that that's not true. <laughs> you have a sweet demeanor. You're, you're a sweetheart. But 
I, I used to get that too. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Just walk around this? Right. <laughs> Who does that? But but you but you say you had to learn to change your posture, change your but again, change your energy. Yeah. And it brought you, Mr. Manis, in your life. Mm-hmm. And um, from your profile picture. Yes. And um, a quick story that what brought Mr. Man in my life. Same oh, thing. Profile picture. Okay. Big, big, Online Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing the pearly white. And like you, I hate to smile. Hate smiling. Yeah. But I had to learn how to. Mm-hmm. So um, now again, why is it so important for us women to learn how to be tough and soft at the same time. Mm-hmm. And why do we feel that we can only be tough? Right. Yeah. In order, it's it's okay to have that 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 level of independence, but when you want a relationship, you need to have that vulnerability. You need to have that level of trust. You need to let that man, you need to allow that man to be the man that God, again, has naturally created men, and that's to be leaders, mm-hmm. right? And so right. it's important for women to tap into their feminine energy. So many women, and I talk about that too in my book, that so many women give off this masculinity that drives a good man away that wants to take care of his family, that wants to provide for their family. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with having your own, you know, uh, being independent, but we have to learn how to turn that on and off. Okay. Right. So that, that end of that masculinity may show more at work in the boardroom as an entrepreneur in your career where you have to, you know, have this level of, you know, I'm the leader, I'm the CEO, you know, this is, I've climbed this career ladder and this is what I had to do to get here. But when you're talking about a romantic relationship, where you're talking about being vulnerable to a person, where you're talking about uh, sharing your space with the person, now we're talking about how to tap into that feminine energy, how learning to be soft, learning to be vulnerable, learning to smile, learning roles, you know, within that, um, within that romantic space, um, while also still, you know, carrying that independence, but also having that balance of that feminine energy too, is what's important. And that's, what's going to thrive in any relationship. Right. Now, why do you think the church just doesn't like to talk about relationships and dating? Why do you feel like that's why it seems like they talk about marriage, but it just doesn't seem like they talk about the premarital part of it. I believe that the church has, and I'm, you know, and this is just my opinion. I probably agree with it, but go ahead. (laughs) The church has a false perception of what a single woman should be doing. They believe that a single woman should just only pray and that the man will fall out the sky and they will live happily ever after. But that's not how God works. 
Right. <laughs> you know, and I and I don't right. know where that false perception comes from. Look, I gotta adjust myself. Right. On <laughs> <laughs> you know, like marriage just happens magically. I I, I mm -hmm. wish I wish it was that easy. But that's not how God works. He he's he doesn't just fall, let our blessings just fall out the sky without us doing any type of work to get to where he wants us to be. Yes, and yes. I, I really believe that that's why it's not being taught because so many pastors and leaders just teach for the women just to sit and wait. Now, I don't know what they teach to the man, but sit, but to the women, sit and wait on the God, oh, sit and wait on your husband. Because when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. But they don't mm -hmm. teach the women how to position themselves to be found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How is she going to be found if she don't know how to position herself? How is she going to be found when she don't know where to go to be found? So you see, there's, you know, it's to me, it's, it's the teaching is is backwards. Um, right. You know, I like to use, um, you know, how every the Christians always say, you know, help me find my Boaz. Lord, I want my Boaz. But Ruth did the work. She went out to the fields to position herself in the field. I was thinking about Ruth when you were yes. talking. For Boaz yes. to see, he asked his servant, oh, who is that? She's new. I've never seen her. So mm -hmm. she went out there to position herself. She didn't hide behind uh, Naomi, she didn't hide behind her mother-in-law. She did what her mother-in-law told her and she positioned herself. And I think that piece is just missing within the church. I was just about to say that. I was like, it was her mother-in-law that told her how to do it. That's right. That's right. Her mother-in-law schooled her. The mother's <laughs> of the church. Yeah. And that's not being taught. Mm -hmm. That's that's not being, not being taught right. um, at all. You know, how, you know, to position yourselves in order you know to be found how it's okay to approach a man to start a conversation i'm not saying you're getting on one knee to ask him for his hand in marriage but just say hi how are you it's okay to online date to put a profile of god he uses technology to bring people together this is the the asian times that we're in but right it's it's so shunned now that i feel like it's just not being talked about and it's like oh just sit back and wait and and pray about it and he'll come one day mm -hmm. like yeah. we, like a woman's supposed to just sit in the church and there's only what 10 men and 100 women in the church <laughs> <laughs> just sit in the church and wait for her husband to walk through the door because the right. 10 men eight of them are married <laughs> and two of them are 15 to 16 <laughs> so you gotta sit there and wait right because that's what you was taught <laughs> and look now we'll be oh. even pettier and then some churches not all of them some churches have these women looking so homely that if a, if a man did walk in there, he's going to turn around and leave anyway. Right. I don't want that mess. I'm going to go back exactly. out in the streets and find me a good girl. Find me somebody who looked like she did something about herself. Right. That's Put so some true. lotion on them knees. Took care of them feet. I'm just simply saying. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh my dating is so shunned upon in yeah. churches. Like they just think that you just meet your spouse just magically through those church doors. He gonna come. You know, it's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no. No. And then look, I'm gonna even go back. And then those eight men, probably half of them are probably 70. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, don't give me stuff. <laughs> Look, oh Lord, I'm just speaking truth. <laughs> oh, boy. it needs to change, Lillian. I'm serious. It, yeah. it needs to change. Yeah, very much so. And here's the other part, too. When they do decide to talk about <laughs> when they do decide to talk about dating, they need to be upfront, stop sugarcoating it. Yes. And make it plain. That's right. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there and be like, all right, well, if you start dating, you know, um, y'all just go meet for coffee and then that's it. Yeah. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> this ain't a meet and greet what no, mm -mm. <laughs> it's called a date yeah <laughs> Girl. oh my gosh yeah it's um, sad they don't they, they don't want us teaching class no no they don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Ooh, like you and you y'all foolish ways <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I'm just saying but now on top of everything else you being a phenomenal author you are also a counselor and a certified coach yes which is so down your lane absolutely down your lane so I want to talk about the organization that you have yeah, so my business is called Worthy of Love Counseling and Coaching. And as far as, um, and I'll just clarify the difference between counseling and coaching because they're not, you know, intertwined. Uh, so with counseling, I deal with um, Christian millennials that need help in overcoming interpersonal toxic relationships. And usually when people come to me for counseling, um, they're still living in the past. Um, their past hurts and trauma keeps them from moving forward. And so they need a licensed professional, such as a therapist. There may be a diagnosis there or not, but they need a licensed professional, such as a counselor, to help them um, uh, come out of those past hurts, come out of that trauma, and learn to live you know, the life that they're, you know, meant to live. Um, and so with, you know, counseling, I'm only restricted to see those that I'm, you know, licensed within the state. So I'm only licensed in Washington, D.C. and in Maryland and soon okay. hopefully in, in Virginia. So that's that's the difference with with counseling. So, you know, with counseling, I, you know, work with couples and I work with individuals that need help in overcoming toxic relationships. Now, as far as my coaching, 
Coaching is specifically for single Christian women that are ready to position themselves for the man that God has for them. Now, this woman has to, you know, be action oriented. She has already done the work. Like she didn't already been through therapy. She didn't talk to her therapist. She healed. She like, I, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to meet my husband. Like, show me what I need to do. Tell me what I need to do. And that's the difference, you know, um, with with coaching. So coaching, I only see those single Christian women that are ready to take action and need that, just that push in order to know what to do in order to find their husband or attract their husbands. Okay. Uh, so what age group do you work with? I know you say millennials, but is that just what age group? So yeah, uh, millennials about 24, I think it's 24 through 41. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause I can't keep up with which ages. I know. <laughs> I only lie. I know I'm generation X, but <laughs> but other than that. So um, what made you decide to open up this organization? I see the need. Um, people desire relationships, you know, people want healthy relationships, people want, um, marriages, you know, people, you know, want to feel love. That's why I, you know, named the practice worthy of love because people want to know that people question, are they worthy for love? That's why they settle for toxic relationships, for abusive relationships, because they don't believe that they're worthy for love. So I wanted to, you know, to help, uh, and I'm going to just specifically talk about, you know, coaching, um, help those single women um, that have been in those abusive relationships to know that, that you are worthy of love. You don't have to continue to stay in that cycle. You don't have to continue to stay in that pattern, but God has the husband for you. And if you're ready to do the work and if you're ready to put those steps in place, you know, then, then it will, it will happen for you. Amen. Now, what advice would you give a woman that's listening right now that is stepping out there and starting to date? What advice would you give her? I would say kudos to you. Cause I always say action is, is the key when you're trying to step out and, and, and meet somebody. Um, I would say, don't give up, um, continue to put yourself out there. Um, continue to be vulnerable, continue to be open and transparent, um, and, and have, not have fun, but make sure you're, you're dating on purpose and dating Mm. on purpose can be fun, but really understand what is it that you want in a husband? What is it that you want in a spouse? What is it that you're praying for? So you can understand what, why you're dating. Cause so many women out here are just dating to be dating, but why are you dating? is your is are you dating for marriage and if you're dating for marriage uh what is it that you want in in your husband so really understanding those um things is is really really important for a woman to know when she's putting herself out there now so what's next for you 
Well, really, um, the what I'm really focusing on now is continuing to grow in my um, coaching program and really helping um, those single women that are ready to take action and, and attracting their husbands. So that's that's my goal is to really, you know, grow my coaching program and then also to continue to um, market myself as that author and to sell as many books as God wants me to sell. And it's going to happen because, like I said, that is it's an excellent book. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent book. Like I said, I highly, highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Now, how can people contact you? Yeah, so you can contact me um, on Facebook, on my Worthy of Love business page, or um, at abby at coachwithabby.com. Excellent. Excellent. All right, here's your last question. If you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Now now with the kids, I mean all I'm listening to is kids music. I'm trying to think what is the <laughs> just any song. It ain't gotta be recent. It can be from back in the day. I'm trying to think of maybe something I listened to uh, recently. I don't, I don't know why Escape, Who Can I Run To is sticking out. I don't know if that would be the song, but I mean, that's if that's what... the song that popped in your head, then so okay. be it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Besides, it just popped in your head. What's, what's the reason why it popped in your head, you think? Because I feel like that was the last song I listened to on my Spotify. <laughs> And when you said something, you know, back in the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you have a lot of old school songs on your Spotify too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I probably have maybe one or two recent songs on mine too. So don't feel mm -hmm. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't I can't get into some of the new stuff they got out now. Yeah, it's I like um and I love Beyonce, but I'm I'm more into her older stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and like the newer stuff she's because she's even changed some of her sounds so i'm more into how when she first came out mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm i'm more like straight like r&b and not like the the trap yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i will say and i'll probably get some frowns about it but like i do like nikki judge me if you will <laughs> but but that's like my my you know everybody got this song that they listen to at the gym to get them hype. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh -huh. that's my, you know, Nikki. It's either Nikki or I'll listen to some old school, like you said, old school like nineties R and B. Yeah, yeah. Or mm -hmm. I'll listen to a, a, I love me some new edition, and everybody know I'm a huge Prince fan, so so those are my choices. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the purple all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You are such a joy. And I, like I said, your book was, is phenomenal. I'll say it was like it's gone. It's phenomenal. And I highly, highly, highly recommend to everyone to please go pick it up. You can find it on Amazon. You can also go to her website and find it. Mm -hmm. Her website is, is, is on the worthy one too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can find the uh, book on that website as well. Please go find it, go purchase it. 
I will leave the link to it on my website for you to um, find it. But you're going to shoot far, and I'm sure you got a lot more books in there coming out of you. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't see that coming? <laughs> you just saw the one, huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, when you get the other ones, make sure you look me up. Be like, girl. <laughs> like, That's right. And they'll be on the show again. <laughs> and I do want to let everybody know that the book is in, like you said, Lillian, Audible, Print, or Kindle as well. Yes. So in those formats. That's right. And like mm -hmm. I said, I'm a true Audible girl. So. <laughs> Love me some Audible. That's something else I do with Jim too. But since we're talking about Jim work, Audible is everything we do. Okay. But, um, okay. but again, thank you so much. And um, I um, what was gonna say, lost my track of thought. But I would love to have you back when those other yeah, books come out. You. Okay. <laughs> Look, hint, hint. <laughs> but I would love to have you back, period, because I I know you got some stuff that's going to jump Thank off you. before the books too. So have a good evening. Thank you, yeah, ladies. You too. Thank you, Lillian. Thank you, everybody. You're welcome. Have All a good right. one. Bye-bye. Thank you, Abigail, for being on the show. And guys, go purchase her book. It is an awesome read. And hey, did you know Worldly Church Girls go live? That's right. Worldly Church Girl has gone live. As a matter of fact, this very episode was recorded live. You can watch it on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You want to check it out because there's some things on there that was not included in this episode. And have you subscribed? Why not? What are you waiting for? Each show is only going to get better. And if you like to learn more about yours truly or be a guest on Worldly Church Girl, go to www.worldlychurchgirl.com, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. And as always, thanks for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl. <laughs>